When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. It's deadline day. It's Cal's birthday. G'day, Cal. Thanks, Riley. Happy birthday. Thank you. What a way to spend it. Yeah. Getting through some of the biggest deals. Where else would you want to be? (laughs) Well, where else would you want to be today, Cal? I mean, there's a lot to get done. So by my reckoning, there's been 25 deals done already. I think there's probably... 25 deals or 25 players? 25 players traded, I should say. I reckon there's probably uh, 12 to 14 that will be discussed today, and we'll get through to all of them shortly. So are we going to break the record, or are we going to just fall short? We'll fall short. So as we mentioned, I can we mentioned this on the first day, the 44 players traded was the record throughout trade and free agency. Uh, so that was set in 2015 and 2018, I think. So I reckon we'll get... I'm going to tip 10 get done today. 10 players get traded today. We'll go um, through them one by one in a little bit, but a big show coming up and a couple of people central to the big deals yes. over the last few days and the remaining few hours. Jason McCartney, the head of football at the Giants, will join us shortly. And then the list boss at Richmond, Blair Hartley, to come on for a chat as well. And they've got, as you mentioned, some of the big ones that are still bubbling away. So they, they obviously both negotiated the deal for Jacob Hopper yesterday. We'll get into that and the machinations there. But then from a Giants perspective today, Jay Gromira has a decision to make in terms of whether he moves to Fremantle or GWS. It's it's rare that a player gets into this final day of a trade period having not yet made a decision on where their future lies. I mean, this is, this is something that's normally decided two, three weeks uh, before the trade period begins, but obviously just given the fact that it develops so late, and we love this because it gives us something to mm. to talk about and, and debate and discuss over the next few days. But yeah, Jay Gromira and his decision as to where he wants to play his football from 2023 onwards is going to be one of the central points of today. And still playing that out as we speak. So we'll speak to Jason McCartney about that pretty shortly, but clearly a big talking point in the remaining seven and a half hours, and you can catch all of them on afl.com.au, AFL Trade Radio. We'll be at Marvel Stadium uh, in a couple of hours and then right up and through to the deadline and past it as well because we know that although clubs have to lodge the deals um, before 7.30, they can take some time to be officialised. Officialised, love it. Uh, Which deals do you believe are the most intriguing of today? Well, clearly there's so much interest on Josh Dunkley and, and, and... that's going to be linked into a lot of other things now. And, and the reality is that that's now got ties to Lloyd Meek. It's got ties to Rory Lobb. It's got ties to Jeremy Sharp. Um, there's ties everywhere. So, and then, and included in that now is the potential if Jago Mira does want to go to 
yeah. Fremantle, he's going to be tied into that as well because what are Fremantle going to be willing to give up um, for all of these players um, coming in and potentially leaving as well? What are they going to be happy to accept? And what are the Bulldogs going to be able to offer without a deal done for, for Josh Dunkley? So that clearly is um, the big domino to, to be falling potentially. And what happens after that will be huge. Yeah, I'm fascinated by the early Henry situation and just what more Geelong could offer, given the fact that we know pick 25 isn't going to be enough. I mean, even if they get 33 back for Radaglia, I think if, if 25 is not enough, the prospect of 25 and 33 together, I can't see that tempting no. Collingwood any further. So then, as Josh Gablich reported on AFL.com.au last night, there's the willingness to, to go into the draft period and there's no indication that he wants to stay at Collingwood next year, even if a short-term deal is offered. And then just how that looks, I mean, would it be a national draft situation? Would it be a pre-season draft situation? Um, and, and well, it'd be a pre-season draft situation. And the price that he sets and whether or not a club would, would, would take a punt on him earlier. Because the Cats aren't going to be wanting to use pick, pick seven on him. So pre-season draft would be the way to play that. But Could they take him at 25 in a national draft? Uh, they could, but why would you if you can get him in a pre-season mm. pick? Yeah. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that one unfolds. I think the Lloyd Meek situation is also an interesting one. If Jay Gromira was to opt for GWS, I mean, you can see how that could be tied together with a Jay Gromira deal if he goes to Fremantle, but if he opts for GWS, then how it looks and whether or not that one gets done. And then there's just so many deals still to be done in terms of three team trades. And we spoke yesterday about, uh, Sam Wiedemann and Aaron Francis and how they're linked and then how Josh Shackey plays into that at Melbourne if, if they lose Sam Wiedemann and, and what happens there. So it's going to be a, a fascinating sort of situation. You can have your say, text in 0419-187-323. Give us uh, what you think will be the most interesting trades, ask your questions away. We'll try and answer as many as we can. So it's going to be a fascinating little period, Cal. Can you see... I want to talk to you about Asava Radigalia as well. Can you see him getting to Port Adelaide? And I mean, they don't have much left. So pick 33 is what's on the table at the moment. Can you see that being enough to get done? No, and I think Port Adelaide's been looking to see if they can turn pick 33 into a future second round pick. But the reality of this year's draft and, and how clubs are looking at next year and also just how they're viewing the pool overall means that clubs aren't willing to trade their future picks to get into this year's draft. And that's creating a little bit of an issue in terms of some of these deals going through and, and other ones not. So I think a, a future second round pick would be, as we reported yesterday yeah. on afl.com.au, much more appealing for the Cats if that was to come through because pick 33 in this year's draft is three spots away from the end of the, the second round or four spots when you throw in a compensation pick or two. So if you, you bank on a future pick, you, the odds are that it's probably going to be better for you than, than 33 this time around. Yeah. It's going to be hard to find though, isn't it? <laughs> doing that is one thing. Saying it is one thing, doing it is another. So uh, there's a little bit more to play out on that one. And I just think it's going to be difficult at the moment. But Port Adelaide's got a lot of work done this week already, having the odds stacked against them. And, and no players have been involved in that. No players will be involved in, in this one. Mm. They've got pick 33 and... and Look, he's contracted, and then again, broken record a little bit, but this is the power of the contract working in favour of the club. And sometimes that can happen as well at different stages too, where you, you have 
um, more control over the situation because there's a contract there for him. So the Cats do have the decision to make if they want to let him go or want to lose him. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating. We've got a massive show coming up on AFL, Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio. We're going to speak to Giants General Manager of Footy, Jason McCartney. Shortly, we'll also speak to Richmond List boss, Blair Hartley. But joining us on the line now is a man that's been central to a lot of the deals already done and potentially another one still today, and it's the Giants General Manager of Football, Jason McCartney. Jace, thanks for joining us on Trade Radio. Hi, Riley. No problems at all. How are you? Very well, thank you. I want to start by asking you about Jay Gromira. Have you been in, given any indication as to where he'll play his football next year yet? No, not yet. Not yet. Jay is in Perth at the moment, so he, he flew back there from Sydney. Uh, uh, when was it? Tuesday morning, Monday morning. And so just the time difference there, um, he's had a lot to think about and underwent uh, some medical screening for us yesterday. So, um, yeah, we're just, just waiting to find out where the decision lies on that one. He slept in, Jase. He slept in. Maybe he's slept, maybe he's slept in over there in WA. It's a big decision. It's only nine o'clock in WA, so he's he's had his time to think about it. When do you expect a call to be made? Because obviously the the deadline's coming up in a few hours. Do you anticipate knowing one way or the other within the next hour or so? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Once um, obviously that that time difference you alluded to. Yeah. We'll uh, hopefully in the next hour or two we'll, we'll get a bit more of an indication around that. So. There's plenty of time, though, Cal. I know you're talking deadlines. There's always plenty of time. <laughs> what gets this one done from your point of view? And, and tell us about how this has played out from a Giants angle. Yeah, I spoke with Hawthorne. Uh, obviously, canvassed it with uh, Jager's manager on Sunday, Tom Petroro. And I flagged it with, uh, tabled it with uh, Hawthorne um, on Monday around any opportunity. And the reason... The reason it came about is we, we were dealing with the Hawks last year and are acutely aware of their strategy where they're, they're going to the draft and they're trying to in, improve their draft position. Now, we were in a really strong draft position and we look at the picks we've got and we just thought there's an opportunity there with one of our picks um, to bring a high-quality person um, and player into our organisation that it's not only an on-field uh, about Jager, it's, it's off-field and training standards. Our group's got younger and we're bringing in a lot of young talent over this year and next year with the picks we've got. So it's yeah, just someone that could be really important um, in shaping your club moving forward. So yeah, the opportunity to look at that and we're also conscious. We went into this trade period uh, acutely aware with the strategy of um, we had to realign our, our salary cap position and we've been able to do that quite well throughout this period. But whilst doing so, get up the draft order and get a really strong hand both this year and next year. And then ultimately, um, we're after pick one. Uh, I think, and you guys would have talked about a lot, there's, there's a lot of discussion and debate about, you know, what a club's doing. And, and I, I completely understand why uh, West Coast moved from three and go out into the mid part of the first round. And it's exactly the same reason where we're sitting at three and we want to get to one because when you're an interstate club and the, the draft board is... Uh, predominantly at the top end, it looks like it's littered with Victorian talent. You've got some, you've got some risks there, and you might think it's fine that you just pick this player and you get him into your environment and system, and it's all fine. But it's his apprehension about a player right from the word go about making the move in the state, uh, and they may go home. You just can't take the risk, unfortunately. Are you, so, dra- are you drafting the, from a the, different the draft, draft board? board? Yeah. Yeah, the draft board for us and maybe some other interstate clubs, it's not the same draft board. And that's okay. That's a reality. We're not complaining about it. So we do have to be 
yeah, we do have to look at things a little bit differently because everyone can throw up the players and, and we love all the players that are being talked about, but there's some we can't pick. That's a reality. So who are you picking at number one then? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you... Uh, good position to be in. <laughs> well, there's a big key forward who kicks goals and, and has the character that most clubs think is going to be pretty steady in Aaron Cadman. Did you raise that prospect with him around moving and, and how comfortable he'd be and, and what was his response? Oh, look, the, the recruiting team led by, obviously, Adrian Caruso and Emma does all our profiling, Emma Quayle and, and the interviews. So uh, they've had a number of chats with all the prospects throughout the year. And it was it was good to be back at Combine uh, last week and just sitting in some of the interviews uh, on Friday. And you've got your sports psychologist there going through what the profiling's been and just putting it more in layman's terms for the rest of us to understand. And, um, yeah, there was some great, we had a great chat with with Aaron and yeah there's there's some really strong things you've got some guys who are really bullish about wanting to make a move interstate and then you've got some who rightfully you understand why they're, they're probably more comfortable wanting to stay at home and, and that's okay that's that's for a national competition that's that's how it works so you've got a I like your point Cal it is a bit of a different draft board what what some of us look at in comparison to um the Victorian teams I want to talk to you about Jacob Hopper a deal that you completed Yesterday with Richmond, centred around pick 31 this year and a future first and a couple of later picks being thrown in as well. Can you talk to us about how this one played out with the Tigers? Yeah, obviously I've been dealing with Blair and the the Tigers for a fair while now. Once, uh, obviously, Jake had been in contract, there's a little bit more to do there, but with Tim Taranto as well. So, look, Richmond Footy Club and Blair in particular – uh, were outstanding in their dealings uh, with us all the way through. They did not hold back. They, knew, they know they're getting two A-grade players and people. So right from the work go, they put everything on the table. They didn't hold anything back, and that was the negotiation was made a lot easier by that. Albeit, we had to split the deals because we just knew we were just shy on Jacob um, what we were going to be able to get back. So we just needed more time to see if uh, there was talk of a player maybe going out of Richmond that might have got another pick that we would have definitely looked at uh, for that in comparison to some of the other deals we've done over a period of time. Um, so, so we just had to, we had to wait a, a little bit there and um, in the end we were able to facilitate it yesterday. Yes, there was talk of other Richmond players and I know Ivan Soldo was, was linked with us and we did do a medical and we had great chats but obviously Richmond were pretty keen to retain him but once again if I go back to a, a main objective of getting up the draft order getting a good hand over two years in the draft and realigning our TPP position, um, money going out and then too much coming in doesn't really help you. Mm. So Toby Bedford, great acquisition, a team we identified him really early in the piece, absolute need. Um, so that's that's why in the end a player wasn't involved in, in that deal. So you get it done, Jacob will have a great career there, he's a great person, as is Tim, and we wish them all the best and just, you move on. Just on that, Jace, you mentioned the TPP, and you might be inferring to this, but is, is there a financial component to that arrangement with Richmond as well? As you say, Jacob was contracted for next year under a deal that, that you guys had with him. Is there a financial element to that too? Uh, no, 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 no. You, you would note, though, Cal, you're smart enough. A couple of late picks did go back that we're not using. So yes. people would look at that and go, what's going on there? A bit lopsided. But no, no, no financial contribution um, from us on that one. No, sorry, the other way on, on what was left over. The other, yeah. No, nothing for us. The Tigers, he's their player now. So, Jason, I want to ask you, 
Is the is the move for and the interest in Jay Gromira is that linked to to Hopper and Toronto going out and the need to bolster some of that experienced midfield depth that you mentioned before? Uh, look, there's obviously Tanner Brown's gone as well, so it's three midfielders out. But we feel like we're really well stocked for midfield uh, talent. So the approach and the, the opportunity around someone like Jager is more the complete you know, package of the, the person, his training standards, what he can do. And yeah, he could spend some time in there, but there's probably other roles he can play as well. And We've got some really good young mids and him. And if Jager was to come to our club, I'm sure he'd play a really important role in, in developing these young players into, into really good AFL players and really good training standards. So, yeah, that, that's probably what we're looking at there rather than just looking to bolster midfield because we feel we've got some really good depth in there anyway. You surprised us last year with a couple of late moves for Chad Wingard and Luke Bruce. Do you got anything bubbling away this year in the final hours of the trade period? No, I haven't even come down actually, so no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've got Xavier O'Halloran who's still uncontracted at the club, obviously a first-round pick from a couple of seasons ago. Can you talk to us where he's at and whether or not he'll be at the Giants next year? Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll be at the footy club. We just, look, it's an unfortunate situation for players to be in, but there would have been a number across the competition that have just had to wait through this trade period because you can't, you just need some flexibility. Like, it's just an unknown what can present in this period. So uh, that'll be something we'll be able to, um, you know, Julian Petrarca and myself, we'll be able to sit down and, and, and get sorted out, uh, you know, over this next little period now that um, we finish up tonight. All right, well, good luck for the remaining seven hours and 14 minutes of the trade period, and uh, good luck with Jago Mira's decision, which is coming imminently. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Well done over this period. Talk Thanks, soon. Jace. Thank you, Jace. That was Jason McCartney, the football boss at the Giants. Cal, we're going to have Blair Hartley on very shortly, Richmond's list manager, to discuss his involvement in the Jacob Hopper and Tim Taranto deals and everything that's going on at Richmond. That'll be after this quick break. This is the Trade Exchange for Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rain. AFL Trade Exchange for Rain. Install a Rain, Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. You're listening to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven Australia trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. We've got just a tick over seven hours remaining until the trade deadline passes. And to join us now to talk through some of his club's dealings over the last fortnight or so is Richmond list manager Blair Hartley. Blair, thanks for coming on Trade Radio. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I might start with uh, Jacob Hopper and Tim Taranto, obviously the two big ones that you've brought into the football club during this year's trade period. What what do you think they'll add to the club going forward? Oh, look, yeah, it's um, yeah, they're both players we've probably admired from afar for a long period. Um, yeah, and they address a real need for us through the middle of the ground. We've um, we've always talked about um, you know drafting for talent and trading for need, and we need some help through the midfield, and these guys these guys suit that perfectly. Blair, Cal Toomey, thanks for coming on for a chat. When did you get the realisation that you were red-hot chance for both of them? Because everyone probably looked from the outside and thought, can you get one, can you get the other? I think the, the swoop of both was uh, to some degree unexpected, but what sort of inklings were you given throughout the year that that was a chance? Uh, as I said, you know, both of these players we've admired from afar. We've been in a position where we haven't had access to some early picks and these guys went early in drafts. Um, Tim, given he was out of contract this year, was more straightforward um, as being an option. And then Jacob popped up as an option during the course of the year. It was one of those ones where 
we had to make sure we could get the deal done before we committed. But it was, um, yeah, it, it was it was during that that course of this year and, and probably last year where we, we thought they both both might become available. Tell us about the dealings, particularly on the front of Jacob Hopper. Obviously, you got Tim Taranto done pretty early, first day of the trade period, pick 12 and 19, but Hopper being in contract yeah. led to a few more discussions. How did that play out from your end? We just had Jason McCartney um, heap praise on how things went. From your end, pretty similar view, I imagine. Yeah, look, it's, um, it's, it was mutually... We wanted to get to a point where it was mutually beneficial. It's, uh, you know, we always... There's always talks throughout the media about who's winning or who's not, and you know, when you're taking players of that high quality from one club, it was always going to be a little bit tough. But I've got to give credit to Jason McCartney here and his team. Um, we sat down together over a month ago, and I think we got to a level where it was beneficial. Um, we wanted to get the Toronto one away early um, to give GWS the opportunity to use those picks to improve their draft position, which they did in the end by packaging up 12 with other picks to go and pick one in the draft. So I think that's worked quite well. Um, and we knew the Hopper deal was going to take some time to thrash out given he was contracted. And we got to a position yesterday where both clubs were happy and um, we got the deal done. Ivan Soldo was a man linked to that deal for, for quite some time throughout the trade period. Obviously, he remains at the club. Was it always a priority for, for you to keep him? Um, it's a good question. Look, these sorts of deals transpire. We look at all sorts of avenues to get the deal done. And Ivan uh, found himself out of the team towards the back end of last year. And he, he I'll be open and honest, he, he turned down a really strong offer from the Western Bulldogs at the end of last year season coming off an ACL. So we just had a mature conversation with, with his management, Peter Lenton, who's been also been terrific through this process, that if Avan wanted to explore his options, um, we couldn't stand in his way despite having two years to run. But the longer it went on, we wanted to keep Avan at Richmond and GDL were probably in a position to realign their cap. Um, and that means Avan stays at Richmond, which we are thrilled about. Um, he's very much a key contributor to us both on and off the field, and we're delighted that he's staying with us and looking forward to what he's going to bring next year. Another player that sort of surveyed his options throughout this year's trade period was Jack Graham and obviously met uh, Port Adelaide in the first week of the trade period. Can you explain the the situation there and and what your view of that was? Yeah, it's just, like I said, it's just these conversations. You know, Jack was looking for more midfield minutes and he just saw those two boys coming in. Um, And, you know, we had strong contact um, with his manager, Marty Pask, about what it would look like if Jack wanted to explore his options. Um, but in the end, he was never really close to leaving. And players are well within their rights to look at their after their own, own career. And we were very clear with Jack that we wanted him to stay. Um, look, he's a Richmond person and he's given us so much. Um, and we're just thrilled that, that that will continue to be the case at Richmond with Jack Lane. Well, you mentioned that he was looking for more midfield time. What role has Dimmer and the coaches got set out for him, given, as you say, that these two gun midfielders are coming into this group and we all know where they play? How does that sort of fit around where, where Jack's going to play his best footy for you guys? Well, Jack, at his best, he's shown he can, he can, he can play as a midfielder, as a high work rate, high-pressure midfielder that causes turnover and gut runs both ways. Um, so there's always a position on the ground for those sort of guys. And it's really, you know, the the, up, the position in the midfield's up for grabs. You know, he's he's got to put his best foot forward, which he's spoken about quite openly with us. And, and he wants to do that at Richmond. So we're, we're thrilled. Hey, just on the Hopper and Taranto deal, there's a lot of talk around long-term deals and these guys joining on seven-year um, contracts. Can you talk us through from your perspective? I mean, clearly you need to be in the market for these guys and, and offering them long-term deals or else another club will. 
but the, the uptake, I imagine, or uptick of, of TPP over coming years, is that something that you sort of build into these um, contracts in terms of looking forward and, and how you keep everyone under the same cap? Yeah, it's, um, you know, these, these decisions we don't come to lightly. It's not like we're flipping about throwing around seven-year deals. And since the advent of free agency in 2013 and 14, we've seen the deals become longer as players and managers look to away, lock away security, but it also gives clubs flexibility. Um, there are some risks involved in those, but they're calculated ones. And if you look at Dion Preston as an example, he signed a five-year deal with us at the end of 2016. And coming off that, he signed a three-year deal extension. So it ends up being eight years. And when you're looking to attract high-quality players to your club, these are all the things you need to really consider. And it's certainly not something we, we do lightly. As a list management team, I know you always take a long-term view of what's going on. Obviously, you traded out your first pick this year and next year as part of deals for Tim Taranto and Jacob Hopper. But you, you had five picks inside the top 30 last year. How much did what you did come draft time last year allow you to do what you've done 12 months later? Oh, that's a good question again. I think, you know, I think we are talking this time last year and we were keen to hit the draft. And we've seen you know, the guys like Gibkiss, Brown, Sonsi, Banks, Clark have offered it this year and what's to come. Um, and you know, trading away picks, first-round picks in particular, is not something we do lightly either. And, and it's really more just about being in a consistent, consistent position to contend the draft salary cap and free agency era is designed to limit your window at the top. And so we need to look at all avenues to do that. And during the course of recent years, we've managed to pick the likes of Bolter, Bolton and Baker and hit the draft hard, as you said, with those top top 30 picks last year. But we've always been about drafting talent and trading for need. And we feel that both Tim and Jacob feel a real area of need for us and will help rejuvenate our midfield for years to come. Just on that and extending the window, we know the three flags and the golden run of success and obviously made the finals again this year. Do you feel like there's a bit of a revolution in the way clubs are viewing the window, as in it just always being open? It's just a matter of never going back too far. Has that changed, do you think, the philosophy in in the long rebuild maybe being a thing of the past? Uh, Look, I'm not going to say it's easy to come up with your strategy because it, and, and these things do evolve over time um, you have the best laid plans but things do go you know sometimes better than what you want and sometimes not as good as what you want but it's important you have those plans laid out and as I said you know exploring all options to improve your list you can't just rely on trading and you can't just rely on the draft you can't just rely on free agency you have to look at all avenues to improve your list and, and stay at the top and we're doing our best to, to do that right now and uh, we're excited about those two guys reporting over the last week. Now, Matt Clark and the recruiting team are going to have a bit of a quiet night on night one of the draft because your, your first night starts, or your first pick starts at 53 at the moment and 63 coming after that. How do you approach the draft this year? Is there something in mind later on positionally you'd like to look at which you might be able to do a little bit more with, with later picks than you might have a want earlier in the draft? Yeah, we've got a we've got a terrific you know these guys, Cal. We've got a terrific guy, uh, team in here um, with Matty Clark and Will Thursfield, even Dom Lafontaine, who does a lot of work with our cap, along with the support of Dimmer and you know Brendan and a whole host of others. Um, but yeah, I'll fully support these guys to get some some picks at the back end. We've been pretty clear that this is probably where we'll end up throughout the course of the year. So we're we've been I even think even our draft camp interviews we didn't interview any of the. <laughs> <laughs> the very best place, uh, the top, the, the top twenty guys. Um, but we're pretty, we're we're really excited about who we'll be picking at the at the back end of the draft, and um, the guys will get to work. 
I believe you've got one of the best players in the competition coming out of contract in 2023 in Shea Bolton. How quickly will negotiations start there to extend him? Yeah, look, those have really in, in already started. With, I've got uh, obviously a strong relationship with Anthony Van Der Weelen, who's done a wonderful job with with Marlon Pickett um, over in over in from over in Perth, and he's taken on Shea Bolton, and we'll work to get that done. Um, yeah, Shea's a special player, and he's put in a heap of hard work. He should be very proud of the player he's he is now, but we're even more excited about what he'll do in the future, and we'll look to lock that lock that one away. A couple of uncontracted players before we let you go, Blair. We appreciate you coming on for a chat. Riley Collier-Dawkins, a pick from the 2018 draft, and Sydney Stack, whose story we all know, without deals at the moment. Where do they sit for, for next year? Yeah, this is the unfortunate part about what we do. when I mean, we're dealing with people and um, people who poured their hearts in for, for our club and clubs all around the country, really. And, um, you know, they have to be put on hold and we're still in the position of going to the the end of trade today and we've told those guys we'll just be holding to the end and making those decisions over the over the coming days but it's again it's not something we take lightly um but we'll be working through that well blair congratulations on the work you've achieved over the last fortnight bringing in jacob hopper and tim taranto appreciate you having you on continental ties afl trade radio Thanks for having me, guys. I'll see you this time next year. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate that. We, every year we get a chat with Blair on, which is great. <laughs> That's great. We love that. Blair Hartley there, Richmond's list manager. That's going to put them right back into contention. Not that they weren't already. I mean, they had some really great periods throughout this year. Obviously knocked out in an elimination final against Brisbane, but given they won three flags in four years between 17 and 20, you'd have to think that they're going to be right back in the hunt next season. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the pieces are still there. Tom Lynch had probably his best year mm. at Richmond this year, won the best and fairest. Um, Shea Bolton, as you say, star of the competition. And I think, I mean, he fair enough not to sort of buy into the strategy element to this, but clearly we're seeing a shift in clubs, you know, accepting that the top end doesn't last forever. Yep. And, and Geelong to some degree or to a large degree have done that as well over the last decade. Never fallen away, always been in it, and you know the fantastic stat about only one or once or twice in Joel Selwood's career has the premiership been out of sight. You know mm. that he's played in a dead rubber. One game, yeah. So uh, I'm not saying that's going to be the case for every club, but you can tell that clubs are looking at it a little bit differently, and that's why clubs towards the bottom end of the ladder are, are finding the gap widening as well between them and the best teams because the best players generally want to go to the best teams, and we've seen that with Taranto and Hopper and. Other clubs, you know, made inquiries about those guys and and they weren't willing to go and even meet some of them. So I think that um, what we've seen from Richmond in presenting an offer, I forgot to ask him actually about Dusty's um, salesman skills because I think Dusty <laughs> Martin was pretty involved late in the piece um, with a catch-up with Jacob Hopper as well. This is the Trade Exchange. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service for expert car service. Booking to your local Repco Authorised Service. Centre, there's been 25 players traded already. We've got 14 names that we're going to run through after this quick break and see what the latest is on those players. So stick around. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia, trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. We're getting there, Cal. Uh, 14 of the biggest names left 
to go in this year's trade period. Let's run through them and see where they are all at. Ollie Henry. 14. Ollie Henry. Uh, the hold off. The Henry hold off. Hold off or hold up? Well, hold up suggests that it's going to happen. <laughs> hold off, I think, suggests that it might not. And I don't have a lot of confidence that this one gets done. No. At the moment, the only way I can see this going down is if Collingwood re- represents or you know presents again its offer to the Cats about trading pick 16 and Henry to get up with pick seven with other picks being involved, which the Cats knocked back previously. Uh, Collingwood doesn't want to accept 25. I don't think a package of 25 and 33 w- no. would, would do it. It's not going to move the needle. So uh, that one, I think, um, as Josh Gablich reported last night, look, there's an intention for him to get to Geelong. So uh, he could walk to the draft. Mm, looks that way at the moment with just under seven hours remaining. in this Things can change, period. but the problem is the Cats don't have a lot of other no. assets. And that's where the Radigalia one comes into it. Obviously, he wants to play for Port Adelaide. Uh, but are they going to be willing to do that for 33? And again, is that actually going to be factor in or, or change things from a Collingwood perspective? Well, I don't think it will. They didn't accept 18 or didn't weren't going to be happy with 18 as mm. a pick. They wanted an early pick than that. Let's let's chat about Radagalia now then, because would Geelong be going into this trade potentially taking Isafa Radagalia to Port Adelaide, thinking about whether or not whatever they get in return is going to move the needle for Ollie Henry? Or do you think they can be done completely independently of the other? No, I think they're independent. I think they're independent. And a, a future second, as we spoke about before, would be more appealing than, than pick 33. He's got a year to go on his contract. Um, look, he was likely to stay at, at yeah. Geelong until he went over and met with, with Ken Hinckley. And, and Ken's got away with, with players when he speaks to them. They want to play for him pretty quickly. So... Uh, and that's been evident throughout this trade period and in previous trade periods too. So look, he look. There's an opportunity for him, and that's a little bit where it's about as well for uh, the the key defender. Who that's what he's being identified as as a key defender. Other clubs have have rushed to it, but uh, I think it's either Port Adelaide or Geelong for him. And a contract again. This gives the Cats control of where this one sits and what they yeah. can accept. Yep. Uh, Josh Dunkley in a move potentially taking him to Brisbane. Well, I mean, this is the big piece of the puzzle. It's still a deadlock. Reported several days ago that the Lions had offered twenty-one and a future first for Dunkley and a pick in the thirties, a pick in the thirties back. Yep. And the Dogs aren't just going to do that. I just can't see no. them doing that. They want two firsts for him, in and off himself, and, and not giving them back points for the Lions to help them match bids on Ashcroft and and Fletcher. So, look, does it get to twenty-one and a future first? If it does, I, I feel like that's probably about right in the end. Yep. It's not saying it's about right. I think he's probably inches a couple of spots earlier than that. I think 15 and a future first would have been pretty close. If it's 21 and a future first, I think that's um, enough to get that done in and off itself. I, I wouldn't have thought, though, that uh, we're going to see anything going back the other way f- for Brisbane. It's going to be interesting. But, the, but the, as we reported last night, um, the dogs have remained adamant throughout this that uh, if the trade price isn't matched or reached, that they'd send him through through to the preseason draft. And there's other factors at play with that, of course. That you know, there's the not boosting a premiership contender. The Dogs will see themselves as premiership contenders next year. They're in the grand final last year, mm. and doing a trade at what they view as lower rate would enhance the the, the chances of a contender against them. So 
Um, there's all that to weigh up, and, and the dog's board has approved sending him to the preseason draft if the, the price isn't reached. Well, we mentioned before about Ollie Henry and whether or not a club would take him beforehand. Could you see a club taking Josh Dunkley in the preseason draft beforehand? Uh, possibly. <laughs> Who would know? But mm. usually they get to where they want to get to in a preseason draft. It's been a long time since a player hasn't been able to do that. In saying that, there are clubs and cashed up clubs at the bottom of the ladder who would have interest and have had interest in Josh Dunkley. We know Port Adelaide, Essendon, Essendon uh, were, were right in there. Essendon offered him a five-year deal, but were never really in the mix um, as he came down to his decision between the Bulldogs, Port Adelaide and Brisbane. Um, so both of those clubs are there, but I, I can't see clubs wanting to bring in a player who doesn't necessarily want to be there, but things have been stranger than that across time and, they could sign him up on a one-year deal and, and trade him away for a pick next year. So uh, there's all of those sort of considerations. But, uh, yeah, a little bit more to go on that one, I think. All right, let's rattle through a few more. Jay Gromira, because Jason McCartney told us earlier in this hour they still hadn't received a decision as to where he'll play his footy next year. Yeah, and that's going to shape a fair few things, whichever way he does go. Clearly, it's got a salary component from the Hawks wherever he goes, and yep. it's almost the reverse sort of salary dump where sort of money's been paid, but a, a pick's going to be higher, be coming back that way. So it's again, that question that we posed a few weeks out from the trade period, you know, what the, what the price of a draft pick is, draft pick is, mm. um, and clubs view that all differently depending on where you are on, on the, the premiership clock. But, uh, look, he's, if he goes with the giants, then it's probably less involved a few different ways. But if he goes with Fremantle, then Fremantle all of a sudden have a very busy six and a half, seven hours because, They've got Lob who talk about talk to me about Lob and Meek. Well, Lob and Meek want to leave, mm. and Both if that would be the case, then Omira and Sharp want to go there as well, and Jeremy yep. Sharp. So Rory Lob's fate is in a little way tied to to Josh Dunkley. I, I think that's the reality because um, the Dockers have pushed for an early twenties pick or late teens pick, a late first round pick or first round pick. But would a, a late teens or, or early twenties pick be enough to get that done. You feel like that could move the needle for them, but he's contracted for next year as well. So the, the power is in their hands. Then there's the, the Meek situation, which where if Jago Mira chooses Fremantle, you think clearly that's going to be yeah, involved, involved in there. Yep. And they've previously, Hawthorne, previously offered up pick uh, three, around, around three pick for, for next year to get that done. The Dockers have wanted a future second round pick to move him on a year to go with his contract as well. Won the best and fairest in the Peel Thunder and has had a pretty um, exciting sort of season at that level. So, yeah, whichever way Jager goes is, is going to blow things away one way or another. The other Hawthorne midfielder, Tom Mitchell, had a deal taking him to Collingwood. Another salary yeah. aspect to this too. And the Hawks would be willing, I think, to contribute a significant portion of his deal if he gets to Collingwood, and that could also shape what the selection is. But I think um, the Hawks clearly would want 27 from uh, Collingwood, but I think Collingwood would be putting forward that, that 41 selection to see if they can get that done as well. Handful of names which we'll get to after a quick break just to finish us off on Trade Radio. This is the Trade Exchange. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service for Expert Car Service. Book into your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. AFL Trade Exchange. For Ream. Install a Ream. Australia's favourite in hot water. And Repco Authorised Service. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. 
This is Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven Australia, trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Cal, not long left, but let's rattle through some of the final names. Aaron Francis, a deal taking him to Sydney, and then in turn getting Sam Wiedemann to Essendon. Yeah, that'll get done. That'll get done. Essendon has been wanting to make sure they have enough draft points. They've got Owen Davey and Jaden Davey that they're likely to have to match bids on. Davey poten- uh, Jaden Davey potentially later in the pool, but um, those trades will get done. Josh Shackey, in turn, getting to Melbourne. Yeah, I think that's likely to be involved, um, potentially separately. But uh, if Wiedemann goes, I think that's one that uh, could spike up late. And what about Cooper Stevens? Where does his future lie? Yeah, I think um, given the Hawthorne midfield potential exodus there with, with Tom Mitchell moving out um, or wanting to move out to, to Collingwood and, and Jager O'Meara likely to choose one of Fremantle and the Giants, Cooper Stevens has been identified as an option for the Hawks. And look, this one could be done relatively cheaply. He was a first-round pick in the 2019 draft. Hasn't played much footy. Had some injuries in his draft year and, of course, at the start of his career at the Cats as well. Bigger inside midfielder player I I really liked uh, before he did get injured in his draft season. But um, this could be for a future third or future fourth-round pick potentially. So the net result of Geelong's trade period could see it be that much given their midfield strength. Now and of course they bring in Jack Bowes, promise of, of inside midfield time. Tanner Bruin's going to play midfield time. It's already such a, a strong on-ball team. Uh, I think that's a good chance of happening. Do you think Jeremy Sharp is any chance of happening given how much Frio's got on and Gold Coast's reluctance to part with him? It feels late. It yeah. feels late, uh, one way or another, on that front. It doesn't. It. I, mm. I think that's going to be um, a bit of a later call. And, and dependent on what they do get in and what else is happening for them. But there is a lot happening with the Dockers. So, uh, yeah, we spoke to Ron O'Brien at the Eagles yesterday. He's mm. not going to be in the Eagles mix, but um, certainly for Freya, there's there's one to look at there. And just a couple more that we don't think will get done. Paddy Dow, who's contracted at Carlton for next season. I think he explored his opportunities elsewhere during this his trade period. But I think he always had the preference of staying at the Blues, seeing out his contract with the club and trying to battle his way back into their best team next year. So I'd expect him to stay at Carlton throughout the final day of this year's trade period. And Braden Fiorini, as we reported on afl.com.au earlier this week, had some interest from Collingwood, but we had Dave Trotter on the show last week, his manager from Hemisphere Management Group, who sort of said that he was always comfortable staying with the Suns next season, given he's under contract there. Uh, if a deal couldn't progress, and I don't think it will now, given the fact that Collingwood's got so many irons in the fire, Gold Coast are comfortable keeping him, given the fact they, they shedded yeah. Jack Bowes' contract as well. There's been some other clubs interested in him, but he doesn't come with a, a pick attached no. in the same Bowes issue because there's only one year to go on his deal. So he is going to stay, as you say, at the Suns. I think something drastic would have to change before now and 7.30 for that to be different. Got plenty on still to come today, Cal. Three o'clock PM Eastern Time. You, me, and Sarah Ollie will be on AFL.com.au beginning the countdown to deadline day. We've got just what, six and a half, seven and a half hours, six and a half hours remaining until all the deals must be secure, the paperwork must be lodged at AFL House. All the clubs will be filtering through. Hear from them all, afl.com.au, the AFL Live app. has been great having your company over the last fortnight or so, and we'll see you on Trade Radio next year. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? 
Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi-finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.